If you have your word, a copy of God's word this morning, I invite you to turn me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17, we're going to look at verse 11 through verse 19, but this morning is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to have a message entitled, What are some things mothers have in common with the Lord? What are some things mothers have in common with the Lord? And so each point this morning, we're going to really kind of use a different passage of scripture or just kind of be on a topical side of preaching. It's a little bit different than me, you know, if you've heard me already more than once, I'm more of an expository preacher. And so this is a little different this morning, but this is where the Lord would have us. And so we want to be where he wants us this morning. Amen. So Luke chapter 17, verse 11 through verse 19. Let me read that. It says this, while he was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten leprous men who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been cleansed or had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him, and he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed, but the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand up and go, your faith has made you well. Father God, we come to you this morning. And God, we do thank you, Lord, today that we have a day set aside not only to worship you as important as that is and to be gathered together to corporately worship and be under the preaching of your word and to lift praises to you. God, we thank you for that privilege. But God, we also thank you that today is set aside to, to honor, Lord, one of the greatest gifts you've ever given us besides salvation. And Lord, that's our moms, those that you've put in our life, Lord God, that love us and, and Lord, minister to us. And God, do so much for us, Lord, our entire lives from the day, from nine months before we're born to after we're born, Lord, they do so much and we're so thankful for them, Lord. God, we just pray this morning you'd speak to our hearts and Lord, we'd leave this place today, God, knowing that we're your child, that we're walking with you faithfully and Lord God, we're honoring you in all we do say or think. Once again, we rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus, pleading the shed blood of Christ over this place, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, what are some things that mothers have in common with the Lord. Number one, they both often are unappreciated. Now let me throw this disclaimer out there real quick. Like you guys this morning, um, if you feel like I'm just kind of laying it out there and it's pointing at all of us, Father's Day is just around the corner. And I don't know yet, I can't remember my calendar, but I may be here on Father's Day too. And so we'll, we'll get back together on that, amen? And we'll, we'll be back on the same page, right? But mothers, just like Jesus, often are unappreciated, aren't they? We read this passage right here, and the Lord draws attention to the fact that there was ten leprous men who were miraculously healed by the Lord, and only one of them come back. And the Lord draws attention and says, weren't there ten? Where are the other nine? There's only this one Samaritan here who's come back to show some appreciation. And I know you moms this morning, you've got a little bit of a relation to that, don't you? We children often will go through our lives and not realize how much we should appreciate you as our moms and all that you do and everything that you go through for us. But isn't Jesus the one often the most unappreciated? The one who does so much as we see these that were healed by this dreadful disease that 
in their time especially, man, this was, this was worse than COVID, folks. This was, man, when you caught this, you were alienated, you were ostracized, you were, you were uh, quarantined, man, you couldn't do anything, man. And then there was this rigorous thing. If you were one of the few that got healed, there was this rigorous process to even be proven that you were truly healed. And it was so humiliating. And, and man, I can't imagine the way people would make fun of them and everything else. And these folks are healed miraculously moments after they meet Jesus. But still many don't even take the time to appreciate Him. And I ask us the same question this morning, especially if you're saved this morning. Man, we've been uh, delivered and healed of something more dreadful than, than lepers. Amen? And that's sin and the curse of sin. And how often do we stop and return to the Lord and, and really express our appreciation as we see this one Samaritan did? So often, mothers and Jesus both are often unappreciated. Second of all, I believe they're both often neglected too. Both often neglected. And I told you we're going to turn and look at several different passages. So Matthew chapter 23, Matthew 23 verse 23. And we're going to read just a couple passages here to, to kind of drive this point home this morning. Matthew chapter 23 verse 23. The scripture says this, Woe to you scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and deal and common and have neglected, notice what he brings out into attention to them. He's like, man, you, you do all these things, but have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But there are these things you should have done without neglecting the others. He brings attention to these religious folks that were so religious, but yet they were neglecting the Lord and His desire and His calling on their life, what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to live. And listen to this, this here too is Hebrews chapter 2, verse 3, and he says this, How will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And as you go through the Word of God, there's so many areas where the Lord draws attention to folks that neglect. And then, of course, 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy, I don't know if you're trying to keep up with me, I need to slow down, right? 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 14, notice what the Scripture says here. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed on you through prophetic utterance with the laying on of hands by the Presbytery. Do not neglect the spiritual gift within you. This morning I know it goes without saying that often moms are neglected. Often moms go and we neglect them. We, we don't realize the importance. Amen? But once again, how much more does this apply to us as we think about the Lord Jesus? As He expresses several, whether you look to the Old Testament or look to the New Testament, you'll see constant warnings and constant uh, times where the Lord holds the people of God accountable for neglecting Him and neglecting the spiritual gifts that He's bestowed on them, neglecting the resources, neglecting all that He's done. And can't we relate to that this morning too? Amen? So, number one, they're both often unappreciated. Number two, they're both often neglected. Number three this morning, they both often are let down. Often are let down, disappointed. Listen, if you look at Matthew chapter 26, you can see this as the Lord kind of draws attention to a moment where, man, you can see and sense the disappointment. Matthew 26, starting in verse 38. Matthew 26, verse 38. Scripture says this, Give y'all just a moment. I hear pages still turning. Verse 38, Matthew chapter 26 says, Then he said to them, My soul, 
is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. We know this is moments before Jesus is arrested and and just moments later and hours later before He goes to the cross. Verse 39 says, And He went a little beyond them and fell on His face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And He came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, So you men could not keep watch with me for an hour? Keep watching and praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed the same. My father, if this cannot pass away unless I drink it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. You'd think these guys would just, man, wake each other up, right? And verse 45 says, Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Can you not imagine how Jesus, as he realizes that he is moments away from enduring the most dreadful pain, agony, the wrath of God that God would pour out on him as a result of man's sin, not his sin, amen? He knows that he's about to endure that. And his closest loved ones, if you will, on earth can't even stay awake to pray with him. And I know you moms can say this morning that there has been no doubt times in your life where, man, you've been just disappointed by your children. You love them, and you don't stop loving them, praise God, but man, there's been disappointment. There's been letdown. I know I think back, and man, this is crazy, but I think back to Mother's Day, I believe it was in 1995. Let me see, let me get it right here. 1993 to be exact, I believe. 1993, and I think it was probably one of the most painful moments I'd ever truly let my mom down. I just turned 17 years old, and you know when you're 17 years old, you don't need your mom, you don't need your dad, you don't need anybody, right? Pride tells you you've got all the answers, you don't need their rules, you don't need their authority in your life, and you sure don't need their help. And I'll never forget going into my mama's house, packing my clothes up as she laid there on the couch, And tears coming out of her eyes because I was moving out. Because I was 17 now and I could legally do that. Didn't want to follow their rules. Didn't want what they knew was best for me, which is true. I didn't want that though. And I'll never forget the letdown and the disappointment on my mom's face. And then as days turns into weeks and weeks turned into years, my life continued to be more and more and more of a disappointment. And as you guys know my testimony, the day when it all began to turn around and I ended up in jail and I'm sitting there staring at years and years in prison and I have that one phone call, who did I call? My mom. And guess who showed up and embraced me and loved me? My mom. But I think so much back to that day of how I disappointed her and I let her down. And man, as sad as that is and... and relatable as it is, how often do we truly let the Lord down and disappoint Him so bad? I think back to, or not back, I think to where we are right now. Man, the world around us, 
How we've been given so much and the Lord has just shined His face on us as a nation and as, as families, as, as a state, as a country, as a community, as individuals. God has given us so much and He's blessed us beyond comparison. Man, so good to us. And how disappointed He must feel now as He sees so much falling apart around us. Amen? And man, I'd love to say it's just the world out there and the world's so terrible and man, we just got to send the light and yes, we must and all that. But man, the state of the church today, thank God for All's Chapel Bible Church and being a Bible-believing church and, and honoring the Word of God and loving the Word of God and singing the Word of God and everything else. But can I tell you today, man, there is churches all around you right here that, man, are a disappointment to the Lord that are doing things nowadays, that are condoning sin nowadays, that the Word of God is clear on. Man, are sweeping sin on the rug, left and right, things that are going on that are breaking the Lord's heart, disappointing Him like crazy. I don't know if I shared this, because I shared this several times here recently, but man, we got some family members, and uh, man, I'm talking about some family members that at one point, man, I'd look at their life, and I mean, I was thinking, these folks are on fire for the Lord. These folks are so just in love with Jesus. Well, man, those same folks right now are going around doing nothing but promoting transgender and homosexuality and cussing on, you know, these social media outlets and everything else. And man, they're just, it's just terrible. And it just angers me. It breaks my heart. And at the same time, I always come to this sobering thought, how must the Lord feel through this kind of letdown, this kind of disappointment? Isn't it so sad today? And so we know that mothers and Jesus both can relate to being let down and disappointed. Fourth of all this morning, I believe also that mothers and Jesus have this in common. They both often are taken for granted, aren't they? They both often are taken for granted. We just assume mom's always going to be there. That mom's always going to be around. And many of you can testify to the sad truth this morning that that's not true, is it? I heard my brother read the card for the Spillers family just a few weeks ago. They experienced that. Right now they're experiencing their first Mother's Day. My son-in-law right now is experiencing his first Mother's Day without his mom. Man, we cannot take our mothers for granted and assume that they'll always be there. Amen? We've got to take every moment we can to love on them and be with them and cherish them and appreciate them as we talked about a while ago. Not neglect them. Amen? Not disappoint them. But there again, how much does this apply to us in our relationship with Jesus? How often we just take it for granted. Well, God's going to deliver me. God will forgive me. I can keep doing this. You know, man, God loves me. It's no big deal. And we just continue to take Him for granted and take Him for granted. But listen, in Genesis chapter 6, verse 3, there's this passage of Scripture that, where, the Jesus, where the Lord says this, My spirit will not always strive with man. These days of grace that we're living in right now where God is pouring His grace and mercy out on us and yeah, He's still righteous and still just and He still does some discipline. Amen. Can I get a witness from a believer this morning? He's still doing that. But man, His grace and mercy is so beautiful today and as we call this the days of grace and, and man, you know, Lord is, is really just kind of, in a sense, holding back His wrath and His judgment, and He's holding back His return for His Son, Jesus, and all that. But listen, if we continue to just take that for granted and take Him for granted, one day we're going to wake up, and it's going to be over with. And even as a child of God, thank God we're going to go to heaven if you're born again. But man, do who wants to go with regrets 
of taking the Lord for granted and taking His call for granted and taking His kingdom work for granted to where we just have neglected so much and taken it all for granted and taken Him for granted. What, what would that be like? What kind of regret? So often they're both taken for granted, aren't they? Now it's about to turn. You can tell your name. We're supposed to get positive now. Amen. I got two more points this morning that I believe applies to as we think about mothers and Jesus as they both have so much in common. Fifth of all, they both love unconditionally. They both love unconditionally. Man, aren't you thankful this morning that you got a mom? As I mentioned a while ago, when I was at my lowest point ever, I'm talking about I was just filthy, ridiculous, before that phone call I mentioned a while ago, I don't know that I didn't see my mom in months, weeks for certain, because I was living for Greg, the world, the flesh. And I'm telling you, it was just, I was in such a dark, dark, dark demonic place. But man, I'm telling you, when I saw my mom and she walked through the doors and she grabbed me, embraced me, I didn't question, does this woman love me? Does my mom love me? Nope. She loved me, and she loved me unconditionally. She didn't even bring up where I was at and why I was arrested and everything else. Now, we talked about that later, and she's a good mama. Let me tell you, she's one of the best at telling you this kind of instruction. I always heard this. Maybe some of you ever heard this. Meet me on the last bedroom on the right. Anybody ever had your mom tell you that? She was really good at correcting and being obedient to not spare the rod. Amen? And I'm so thankful for that. But man, she loved me unconditionally. Unconditionally. I've watched my wife as my children have gone through different stages from toddler to that rebellious stage of teenager and everything else and, and hurt mom and disappoint mom. And I've watched her love them unconditionally. Amen? But how much more today does it apply for Jesus? Because see, He knows even more than Mama knows. Amen? He, needs that. he knows every dark secret that Mama don't even know about and still loves us. Jesus knows everything. Every evil thought we have that nobody knows but me that I'm so ashamed of. Jesus knows about it, but He still loves me unconditionally. Amen? Is that not beautiful? I just want to mention just a few biblical examples this morning. There's so many, but one I love to think about, especially as we're thinking about moms today, the woman at the well. If you remember this woman at the well, I believe it's Matthew chapter 4, John chapter 4, uh, where she goes and she is there in a very strategic time of day when no one else is there because she's an outcast. She's an adulterer. She's been married multiple times. And as she alludes to herself, she's living with a man right now, living in sin. And what do we see Jesus doing? Man, engaging her life, loving her, asking her purposely for a cup of cold water. And, and I'm sure he was tired and weary, but man, it, water had nothing to do with it. But the living water, Jesus himself, had everything to do with what was going on at that well. Amen? As everybody in the city and the surrounding area had cast her out and no doubt treated her just bitterly and, and wrongfully and judged her and everything else, man, the Lord loved her unconditionally. Is that not a beautiful picture? Of course, I can't help but think about Saul who becomes Paul. This man Saul who's going out persecuting a New Testament church. 
And he is actually allowing men and women who are professed believers of Jesus Christ and following Jesus. At that time they were called those of the way, if you will. He is allowing them to be stoned to death, killed. In fact, you find him in the book of Acts holding the coats of those that are putting them to death. This is Saul. And you remember on the road to Damascus, our Heavenly Father, our loving Father, with this unconditional love that I'm talking about this morning, meets him on the road to Damascus, approaches him, and saves him. This one who's been putting Christians to death and just this blasphemous religious leader. And the Lord still loves him unconditionally. Amen? And then I love, of course, on the cross, as we see the Lord Jesus taking the pain of our sin and the judgment of God, the wrath of God, and then the unbelievable physical pain that He's going through. And as these men are ripping His beard out of His face, these men are driving a crown of thorns deep into His skull. These men have beaten Him so bad as the Bible tells us that you can't even tell He's even a man as the prophet Isaiah reveals to us. Man, as that all takes place, and then He is drowning on His own blood on the cross. What are some of the last words we hear from him before he says it is finished? What does he say? Forgive them. Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Lord, forgive them. What would I be saying? Man, I don't want to even think about it. But Jesus loving unconditionally is saying forgive them, Lord. He loves us so much, doesn't he? And I want to say this, this this morning. Maybe some of you are here and you've been wrapped up in sin and maybe you're here and you've never truly been born again. You don't know Jesus. And Satan continues to beat you over the head with guilt and condemnation and, and you think you've been through, through too much and you've been too far and you're just so dirty and you're just so rotten and God don't want anything to do with you and He don't love you. Maybe somebody religious one day has, has offended you and told you that God don't love you and you're just going to hell. Well, let me tell you today, you've been lied to. Our God loves you unconditionally. He doesn't love your sin and He don't want you to remain in that. And if you do remain in that, you will end up in hell if you're lost. And child of God, if you continue in your sin, we will answer for it, amen, and we will be uh, given account for that sin. There will be a day of judgment. This may not be the great white throne judgment for the child of God, but it will be the judgment seat of Christ. We'll give an account for all that, but it still doesn't take away the fact that God loves us unconditionally. Amen? No matter what you've done, no matter where you've been today, listen, God loves you. Don't believe the lies of the devil or the lies of the enemy. God loves you unconditionally. He don't love your sin. He doesn't agree with your sin, and He'll never do that. That's gotten so far out of hand these days, even from the church. God's never going to condone our sin, but He, yes, is always going to love us. They get that part right. God is love, and God does love you. Hear that today. Don't let the enemy lie to you today. So we see that they both love unconditionally. And then last of all today, we see they both love sacrificially, don't they? They both love sacrificially. I think today about my mom, we, of course, are the, one of those families that are statistics of divorce. I was 11 years old when my mom and dad finally drew the line. I remember at a young age, always fights and different things else. A family that was not built on the church, that built on Jesus or built on the Word of God. We didn't have that. If you're here today and you're a Christian family, you need to praise God for that. Amen. If you have a mom who's serving Jesus, 
You need to praise God for that. If you have a dad that's serving Jesus, you need to praise God for that. But I wasn't that guy. In fact, I remember, this is so sad, I remember when I was so young, I remember not even knowing how to write it, and I remember me and my brother in the backyard on Howard Brown Road in Westboro, Louisiana. I remember sitting in that backyard, and our parents had just told us to decide who we wanted to live with. This is long before the divorce, but I'm telling you, we're in the backyard, and I'll never forget crying and telling my brother, I was like, how do I spell both? Because I want to live with both of them. I'll never forget that. And then I'll never forget, as I mentioned earlier, when I turned 11, when the line was drawn in the sand and it was divorce time and my mom and dad are divorced, I end up with my mom. And my mom now is a single mom and she's working at Budget Saver Grocery Store in Westboro, Louisiana for $3.25 an hour. Bagging groceries and checking. She'd never worked before. She was a stay-at-home mom and this is what she was doing. But she was working, doing all she could. And I'll never forget eating lots of bologna, smack Raymond. My son loves Roman noodles. He eats it because he likes it. I was eating because that's all we had and that's all we could afford. It was rough. But as I think about this sacrificial love, I'll never forget when my mom and dad got the settlement, property settlement, and they walked through their divorce and everything else. You know the first thing my mama did? She didn't go buy her vehicle. She's still driving a 1981 Chevrolet. Man, it was tan, ugly as all get out. Had a three-speed on the column, man. I'm telling you, get hung in second gear. Some of y'all remember that? Remember those trucks? What an awesome design, right? Standard, you'll put it on the column. She gets this insurance, not insurance, but this settlement from the divorce. The first thing she does is she goes to the store and she buys me and my brother and my sister some clothes. And does all this stuff for us. Nothing. Zero for herself. And I've watched her my whole life do so much of that where she just loved sacrificially. And man, that's just a glimpse, isn't it, once again, of the Lord Jesus, how He sacrificially loves us. I think to the fact that the Lord Jesus willingly gave up the splendor of heaven the throne room of heaven, if you will. Can, can you imagine the peace? Everything that heaven has, the Lord Jesus chose to sacrificially give all that up to come here to this sin-sick world in the most helpless form, in the form of a baby. Is that not sacrificial? And then, to live here for 33 years... Can you imagine? Listen, today you know that you've been the target of the devil. Every last one of you know today you've been attacked. You've been his target. Man, he's been after you since the moment you realized what sin was. And then if you're here today and you were born again, you've been saved. Man, you realize that he hates you. The devil's after you. But can you imagine Jesus, the Son of God, who's perfect? Man, 33 years of Satan going after him. Amen? I'm talking about going after him. That is sacrifice. That is complete, man, I'm talking about attack. And then the religious leaders that the devil's behind and the devil's using as a puppet on the string is persecuting him. You talk about sacrificial love. Jesus endured every bit of that for us. Amen? Every bit of it. Persecution, let down, own family turning his back. And the Bible, remember what the Bible says, that Jesus didn't even have a place to lay his head? 
Man, sacrificial love. And then, of course, as we approach, as we mentioned just a moment ago, moments before he endures the cross, he goes to the whipping post, he's beat. We say this often, literally beat half to death. No, he is beat 99% to death. Amen. He was beat. I mentioned a while ago his beard being ripped out of his face. He's hung on a cross. Man, he sacrificially loved us. Amen. I love the scripture that tells us that Jesus came not to, to serve, but to be served and to give his life a ransom for many. He sacrificially loves us. Amen. Listen, he... He could have just wrote it in a letter. He could have expressed it in so many ways. But the Lord chose to show and demonstrate His love for us, as Romans 5.8 says, yet while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He suffered for us. Not some easy, not that death is ever easy or comfortable, amen, but not, nothing. I'm talking about horrible, sacrificial death for us. And that's that sacrificial love. Amen? And so to this morning, man, I ask you this question. I quote this often, the Apostle Paul writing to the church at Corinth as he's correcting them and, and exposing so much darkness in their life and in that church. He tells them this. He says, examine yourself to see whether you're in the faith or not. And so I challenge you to do that today. In fact, it's one of the most important things we can do today is to examine ourselves to see whether we're in the faith or not, to see whether we're saved. Because nobody can answer that. I wish I could go through here today and say, hey, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, and listen, you're, you need some work there, you need to be born. I wish I could do that. And I wish it was that easy. But you individually have to ask the Lord Himself. Search me, Lord, as the psalmist said. Search me, know me, see if there be any wicked way in me. God, help me examine myself to know whether I'm a child of God or not. And listen, here's the beautiful thing is you can know. The Bible tells us, and I think it's 1 John 5, he says, I tell you these things that you may know you have eternal life. So today, would you do that? Would you examine yourself to see, am I a child of God? Have I been saved? And of course, today, if the answer is no, man, on this awesome Mother's Day that's set aside to celebrate mothers, man, you want to make a mom happy today? You want to make everybody happy today, especially Jesus? Give your heart to Jesus. Repent today of your sins and turn to Him in faith and allow Him to save you today. Amen? And then today, if you're like me, and man, I know that I'm saved. I don't question that. I, as I examine, man, I've done this so many times. Man, I'm telling you, I know I'm saved today. And I examine myself. I know that's true. But the question is then, uh, it goes right down the whole list. Man, am I appreciating God like He needs to be? Or am I neglecting Him? Am I, you know, truly recognizing how awesome he is and living for him with everything I've got or am I living for me still often so I'm going to ask you to stand this morning and as my sister comes this morning and we enter into this time of invitation man I challenge you today if you don't know him if you've never been saved do not leave this place today I know that many of y'all got plans and that's awesome and man I hope y'all have a wonderful time today celebrating mom and loving on one another and spending time with family I'm sure some have traveled my daughter's in from Texas today and my grandbaby right here and I'm pumped up about that but there's something way more important and that's this moment right here amen can we not slow down right now and just truly do business with God